Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I've got a great bunch of guests today. They're called the Texas Boys, TD and Matt. And we're going to talk about their journey from uh, the East Coast to Texas and how they got into farming and, and what they're working on today. So thanks, guys, for coming. Hey, Richard. Thanks for having us. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Well, tell me about, uh, you know, a bit about your history and your journey. Where did you guys come from before you're in Texas and what made you come here? We migrated eight years ago from the Northeast and we had experienced different things in life and society. And my wife and I had been talking and we had thought of planning an exit strategy to walk to freedom and move somewhere that more aligned with our lifestyle, our way of life, our thought process, and all these different things. So eight years ago, we packed up everything we owned. Well, we we dramatically reduced our lifestyle. And actually, we packed up an 8 by 12 U-Haul, one-way U-Haul trailer, and just put everything that would fit in there. And we moved to Texas, and we left everything else behind. Oh, wow. What, what kind of uh, jobs were you guys doing before you moved? So I, 11 years, I was a financial planner, and then I moved into the field of general construction. So I was a general contractor before we moved, and I had a, I had a decent-sized, relatively lucrative business there in the Northeast as a general contractor. Okay. So you decide, what, what made you decide to, uh, to leave the Northeast, and like, what state were you in? For a lot of different reasons, we kind of don't disclose where we originally moved from, but we, you know, we were in the uh, tri-state area there and we were tired you know i own my own business and we were just getting taxed to death what actually happened one of the antithesis of what made us desire to move is there was a storm event that knocked out our power and i'm trying to remember what year that was i think it was 2010 we had a storm event and knocked out our power and everybody so with it was a large it was a pretty widespread power outage. So many of the gas stations didn't have power and most of the homes were without power. And there was, it literally created like widespread panic. People at the gas pumps like freaking out and like threatening people. It was, it was so strange. And, and I remember coming home from work, it was on a Saturday and I told my wife, I'm like, people up here are losing their minds in this tiny, like, blip in the infrastructure and everybody loses their mind. I'm like, we really need to get out of here because this, the, the life is so synthetic and artificial that the tiniest in the matrix and everybody loses it. So that was what got us thinking about it. And then a couple of years after that in 14, I think is when we pulled the trigger and uh, decided to move down here to Texas. You know, that's, that's, that's funny because that's the exact same path I took. I was in New York. Hurricane Sandy came. There was like yep. three and four hour lines for gas. People were stabbing each other at the pump. Um, yeah. 
And then the city screwed everyone over. There were people near the water that lost power for a year. And then when they tried to turn it on, the city said, oh, you need permits, you need this, that, and the other. Yeah. And no one cared. And I remember I was I had it with it, too. And I, I we moved out of there the same, literally the same year. Because, yeah, it was like a third world country. And I said, this is ridiculous. So I'm with you, yeah, literally. I was actively <laughs> involved in Superstorm Sandy and helping rebuild. And, you know, we saw all the shenanigans that went around went on with FEMA and all that stuff. And I had clients and customers that wanted my services, but because of what was being done with the bridges and access, and then we had, there was a uh, international, a very large um, corporation that had come in. um, I'm trying to remember the name of their outfit, but they'd come in a week early ahead of the storm and posted up on a lot of the islands. And so they had already cornered the market. And some of my customers, I couldn't even, I couldn't even help them because I couldn't, I couldn't reach them because they'd shut the bridges down. Jeez, I understand. Yeah, I guess more than you guys thought. So you, um, you guys all moved to Texas, um, and then what? What was the plan there? Like when you came, did you have a plan, or you you knew what you wanted to do? That was, you know, we were really winging it. We we had never been to Texas. We didn't know anybody in Texas. We had no contacts. We had no friends or family in Texas. So we literally, it was very much like a pioneering mindset. We're going to like, we're going to go here. We're going to get a lay of the land and we're just going to literally hit the reset button and start over again. And, and it kind of fit with what we wanted to do with our lifestyle by downsizing and simplifying our lifestyle and living a more purposeful slow type meaningful life that's just comprised real and natural and nature and just really the opposite of what we were kind of living in the northeast like a hustle and bustle and concrete jungle and sidewalks and blowing and going and all that stuff it was really we wanted to kind of hit the reset button in that way and just live a completely different lifestyle. And so that's, we, we moved down here. We found a rental on Craigslist. We drove into town. We chose the second rental we looked at. Yeah. And that's how it started. And that was uh, eight years ago. Well, two years ago, you know, we had that, that winter where power was knocked out. Mm-hmm. So that was a, either a good or a bad stress test for you guys. Yeah. How did that go? Yeah. Just, you know, cause you had been here by six years by that time. We were much better prepared for that because actually the interesting story is, is when we moved, uh, we moved in February and we were only here about a week and we got a huge ice storm that knocked the power out. And it was neat to experience the community because we had nothing and our newly formed neighbors in our little country community where we were renting they rallied around us and provided us with heaters and different things because we literally had nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the what we call what we affectionately refer to as snowpocalypse, we were very much prepared for that. We had multiple generators. Yeah, we, we were we we always like to prepare so then we can go out into the community and help. So we were actually able to go out and help our neighbor across the street because he was trapped at in his home about 40 minutes away from his ranch. And he has all of his cattle and everything and ponds and the lakes were all frozen over. So the cows couldn't really get any water from them. And then he had a pasture that didn't have a pond on it and the water tanks were totally frozen up. So it was kind of funny. I um, 
we were able to, I started filming everything and uh, the video kind of went super viral. I think it has almost like 200,000 views or more now. And um, so we just went ahead and they're big old longhorn cattle. And we went out there and we started breaking up the ice and helping them out and uh, mainly just being a life lifesaver for them. And it was just really good. It kind of felt like we were returning the favor from the, from six years ago when our community reached out and helped us out. So it's just been a blessing that uh, God's been able to bless us and we've been able to bless our community that much more. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, I, I kind of laughed when you talked about the community helping you, because it's, you know, from people trying to stab you and push you out of the way to people helping you, mm-hmm. it's a big difference. Yeah, you know? yeah. big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's really honestly why we wanted to move is we just wanted to um, be realigned with a community that more fit our core values. And just, and a lot of it, you know, I don't blame, you know, the culture and the society in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. It's so synthetic that people become so detached yeah. and they're in such a hurry and there's deadlines and timelines and not that those things are bad, but what it does is it just creates a very neurotic psychomatic feedback loop. It's just, it, it just creates a psychosis in my opinion, from experience. And I, I was born and raised up there and I, that's where I grew up. And I am thankful for the street smarts that I learned. That's continued to guide me, so to speak today, but yeah, it's, it is a completely different world. Mm. Yeah, no, I feel the same. It took uh... I don't know, probably a year once I got down here to, to calm down. But I, you know, I realized that when you're in, and again, it's not to offend anyone up there, but no. by the time you get into your 40s, if you're still up there, you've been there your whole life, you're usually like a miserable wretch. Yeah. And yeah. I remember looking at my, my, it's true. I remember looking at my driver's license, which I still have from, from New York, and I look horrible. Yeah. I look so mm. much better, and I'm happier now. And my, you know, my wife said, oh, yeah. You're a lot happier, less problems. So I understand. Richard, where did y'all where did y'all relocate to? Oh, we're in Austin. Oh, you're in Austin. Okay, so you're down here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're in Austin, but it's it's uh, you know still a city, but not rural. Yeah. Yeah. A lot slower. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to twenty seven hundred plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from $10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. So what um, what business are you guys in now? Are you prepping for your house? Do you do a homestead or what, you know, what, what are the Texas boys about now? Yeah, so we're homesteaders. We are our homestead here at the house. We live on five and a half acres. About four years ago, we purchased a little 25 acre ranch. You know, we call it a ranch. Texans wouldn't call it a ranch. They would but- call it like a ranchette. Yeah, they would call it a ranch. <laughs> we got 25 acres in a pond. We got a small herd of longhorn over there, yeah. maybe about 16 ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we raise cows over there. We raise over here at the ha- at the homestead. We have about 400 fruit trees planted. 
Yeah. We have about sixty six- sixty to eighty Muscovy ducks. Yeah. And then we got a small flock of chickens, just probably twenty, thirty of them. And, and we got a pet cooney cooney pig. We got a pet cooney cooney pig. And uh every year we've been trying to fine-tune our gardening techniques and stuff like that. So we've been trying all types of different things. The lasagna gardening and then uh, we tried raised bed gardening and we just we tried direct sowing into the ground gardening the non-till method the non-weeding method just letting it be a jungle so yeah we're just experimenting trying it out try fail adjust Mm -hmm. so what what is your uh your goal with the farm are you trying to be completely self-sustainable are you trying to produce excess to sell ultimately that's our goal we want as far as the fruit trees, well, what we've done is many different things. About six years ago, the boys started a YouTube channel as a hobby. Yeah, just and, for the fun of it. <laughs> and that, uh, two years ago, Matt decided to turn that into a business. So to monetize the YouTube channel, um, we started a website. And from our website, we we sell different homestead products yeah. that we either we either procure, like for example, we we sell handmade soaps that we bought, purchased them from a homestead family in Katy, Texas. We sell honey, we sell coffees and teas, and from our food forest, we sell something called a food forest in a box. So when our fruit trees go dormant this time of year, we start to take cuttings, and we have a product called food forest in a box where you can buy fruit tree cuttings and start your own food forest. So that's all it. We try to be synergistic and integrate everything, mm-hmm. one, to monetize our homestead, to help pay and offset the infrastructure. But our basic concept of self-sustainability is that no one is self-sustainable, yeah. but a community is required, mm. which what that does is it enables you to be a little bit more specific in your skill sets. Yeah. You don't have to do everything or you don't have to feel like you have to do everything. You know, when you have a community to rely on, you could have, you don't have to raise, is it good to raise all your own beef and all your own, all your own, all your own uh, poultry and all that type of stuff? Yes, it is. But you know, you can't like for several years before we even had our ranch property, we bought beef from our neighbor. Yeah. And he gave us amazing neighbor discount. And the one reason why he gave us a discount too was because we were right across the street. He wasn't always able to be there 24 hours. And he's like, if you see a calf be born or whatever, you can check up on it and just have this, you know, and we just have this community. And every time somebody moves into the community, we try our hardest to get out there and talk to them. And um, recently we had a neighbor just move in. And all of us boys were able to go over there and start helping them out with projects and everything. And in the last seven years or so, us boys have learned everything from carpentry, plumbing, electrical, running really big, heavy equipment to just really good work ethic. And um, it's been a real big blessing now because um, we've been able to do so much in the community. And it's been a real big blessing to everybody around us. And just trying to establish our name in the community. So then people are like, if they ever hear our name mentioned, they're like, I know exactly what those people are like. I know their work ethic and everything like that. And the one thing is that we were trying, that we're doing with our online business businesses (laughs) is trying 
our hardest, at least for us boys, to be able to stay home and be really engaged in our community and help them out because we're really trying to strive for not going out and getting a Joe Schmo job or just going out and getting a normal nine to five job, uh, which is perfectly fine at the end of the day. If we do have to go out, it's fine. But us boys are trying our hardest and we've been accomplishing that. Sadly, we've been kicked off YouTube a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's kind right. of put a big kink in big kink and thing financially. But well, what, what were you, were you to... violating their, their terms of service by talking to Homestead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yes, yeah. yeah. We you know their their taboo their community guidelines is the term I'm yeah, looking for. They said we think they literally told us, we think you violated our community guidelines. We think. Yeah, it's very <laughs> incredibly vague on purpose. <laughs> yeah. You know how evil it is to take oh. care of yourself into homestead and farm. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Can't allow that. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's exactly nope. right. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so we pretty much have been trying our best to use um, YouTube as a platform and been just trying to spread the word and all the knowledge and everything that we've been acquiring and just trying to uh, teach people as much as possible and inform them on what's going on in the world and not just live in this, live in certain people, which is perfectly fine. But there's loads of channels out there that just, you know, it's all puppy dogs and rainbows. There's not ever a bad day. You know, we try to really keep it real, be real. and just be super real. And, you know, we do get some flack from other YouTubers about that, but that's fine. You know, they can do whatever they want to do. We can do whatever we want to do. And since we are real, you know, we kind of, <laughs> YouTube doesn't like that so much. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we've been taking a lot of our money from the internet, which has been kind of awesome. And then reinvesting it into physical things. And um, like we bought a sawmill a year ago, all of us, um, we just saved up for a couple months and we went out and bought a sawmill and strategically buying these implements and tools just in case, you know, any, you know, the online thing totally craps the bed. We will have a, we will have some backup income, you know, so, okay. but Lord well, willing, are, we can get, yeah, go ahead. Oh, good. Good. Finish, please. Yeah. Just Lord willing, we can uh, keep this thing afloat Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we're right now, we're actually kicked off our main channel, the Texas boys. Uh, we're like four or five days into our two weeks that they're going to have us kicked off of there because they went back five years ago and found one, one of my videos when I was like 11 years old and I was doing our homestead tools and I just like showed my pocket knife or something Mm -hmm. and I wasn't using it or anything. I was just talking about it. How it was a little handy, little, um, Swiss, Swiss army knife or whatever. And they were like, Oh, that's uh, what are they, what are they saying? Dangerous child activity. Yeah. Or whatever. So all that type (laughs) of fun stuff. (laughs) Well, tell me, how is, um, you know, what are some examples of uh, incidents or, I don't know, events that touched your heart or made you realize like the, you know, the whole journey was worth it or, I don't know, what are some memorable things that you can talk about that has happened on the homestead? Oh man, just uh, literally not to overstate it, but everything just yeah, live, living mm-hmm. a, it, it, after we moved, it was very surreal for years. Like mm-hmm. we're here yeah, and we're living a, just a a different more relaxed lifestyle and peaceful it's it's very incredible the way the lord blessed us um because when we left because of the real the real estate market we couldn't sell our homes to close on it uh always had an impeccable credit score you know i had a 
I had a medium sized business and, and I had an enormous amount of revolving credit. Well, the, the foreclosure shattered all that. And we were basically dealing with a small, a small bit of savings and we were able to buy a fixer upper and fix it up. And then we were able to just save all of our money. I, I got a job uh, in construction sales and worked my way up there and were able to save our money and then bought a ranch. And then we just last year, well, no, just, I don't know how long, a couple months ago, we just bought another 15 acres. Mm. Um, and it, it's kind of, it's just such a huge blessing. Mm. And there's been so many different events in our community. What happened? We, you know, we were, we're still kind of coming out of a drought here. We're still in yeah. a drought. And one idea that we had is we said, you know what? We want to leverage the YouTube channel. And since we're starting to experience some growth and we're getting a lot of traction, our neighbor, who's really a really great friend of ours and mentor, that's kind of taught us about ranching and cattle and homesteading in and general. homesteading. Yeah. We were like, you know what? He needs hay for his cows. In 2011, the last really bad mm. drought, they had to sell their entire Everything. herd. And they lost money big time. And we were like, we don't want that to happen again. So we rallied on our YouTube channel. And in seven days, our subscribers raised $10,000. Yep. And we were able to buy him huh. enough hay. 100 bales. To get all the way through. Yeah. And the cool thing was, is that we didn't tell him. And we got to film his reaction and everything and post on the YouTube channel. And it was, it, great. It was yeah. incredible. And uh, we cool. were working in the rain. It was, it was such, it was like a double blessing. We got the rain. We got the, we got the hay. The hay was coming in and then all out of the blue, it just starts dumping rain while yeah. we're getting the hay, you know, because we're getting the hay because it was really, really bad drought. I mean, the grass had totally turned brown. Yeah. All the ponds were drying up. He only had about a hundred bales. He was telling me he was going to need a little bit over 200 bales to keep at least some of his cows and I'm like, man, this poor, this poor man, he needs his cows because this is, he put, he put all of his, um, all of his retirement money pretty much into his yep. ranch and into his cattle. And he has these amazing award-winning longhorns. And I'm like, I can't, I can't have him go off and sell these cows for pennies <laughs> on the dollar and then have this beef shipped off to, you know, overseas China. somewhere. Yep. So, you know, it was incredible. I made a video about with me and him on it. And it got like three or 400,000 views. And after that, we were able to start Gifts and Go. And it was incredible, incredible. So, so we did two, two fundraisers. We raised $10,000 for our neighbor. Yep. And then uh, somebody referred us to Darlene, who's in uh, college. She's down towards College Station. Yep. And we were able to raise another $7,500 for hay for her. Mm-hmm. So it's been really neat to leverage the... Ch- our YouTube channel and our super awesome subscribers and community yeah. to give back and do, mm. uh, do some really neat uh, things and just be a blessing to people yeah. and encourage people. Oh, that's amazing. What, what has it done to uh, like the family dynamic, you know, the parents and the kids and how everyone relates. Was there a lot of resistance at first or, you know, how's that been? There, there really wasn't because all part ethos and why and how we, raise and teach and train. It's the reason we homeschool. And we have always, we have always treated our children like, because we didn't want to raise children. We wanted to raise adults. And I think the major part problem in our society 
is that we've been raising people mm. have been raising children and that's why you have 30 and 40 year old children now and they have purple hair and they have like self entitlement and everybody owes them everything mm. because yeah. we have generations of Dr. Spock and all these people that have been raising children. So now we have 40 and 50 year old children running around. Whereas we wanted to raise young men and young ladies. So we, we treat and train our children as adults in a way, not, not in a, you know, with wisdom, yeah. not in a totalitarian way, but we always consider them, uh, we approach them, we say as an equal, but we listen to them and we give them the opportunity to one contribute, give us feedback. Mm -hmm. And we just explain all the time, Hey, we're all in this together. We're all one big team. We're all on the same team. Yeah. We all, we're all going to live and die by what we all do together here. Yeah. And that's, that's the way that we approach this. And I mean, and you can't have a homestead, you know, I, mm. I do work, I work outside of the home. My wife, she, she trains and raises the children. She makes us awesome food. She keeps everything clean and neat and tidy. And I, she, she works way harder than I do and she works around the clock 24 yeah. seven. Um, but you know, I, I, when I'm outside of the home to get all these different animal chores done mm. and get everything done around here, this is how the boys have honed all their skills. You know, James, my, the second oldest, he is a, he's a finished skilled carpenter. He's 15 years old wow. and he's also well-versed in electricity and plumbing. The boys about two years ago bought a, how big's your tiny house? It's 12 by 32. So I, I said, look, I'm going to buy you a shed yeah. and y'all can retrofit it out. And they paid for all the, all the upgrades and they turned it into a tiny house and it's got a fully working bathroom and a kitchen, kitchen. and Bedroom. a bunkhouse. Yeah. So that's their yeah. deal. So we don't even live in the main house. We yeah, live that's in our their, own house. That's their <laughs> living area and they build it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, that's, that's you know, that's the way that we've decided to train and you know we're not these strict homeschool people we're no. we very much are like a relaxed Go kind of unschool <laughs> and we let the kids learn kind of at their own pace and when they're ready like when they're ready to read we obviously i always tell the boys you need to know how to read mm. and you need to know how to communicate mm. and but at the same time we don't adhere to like grade levels and all these different um prussian type concepts that create issues and problems like when what we've experienced is children are so apt and ready and designed and created to learn that mm. trying to force them into different kind of boxes really prohibits mm. their learning yeah so if we just encourage the different areas that they're currently excelling in the other pieces fall into place over the course of time yeah. And the other thing too, is with the whole homestead thing, I think a lot of, I don't think the parents tell the kid, I don't think they tell them, but at least what y'all tell us all the time is you're always reinforcing us in the fact that this property and this place is our legacy. When y'all pass away, this is ours, you know? Yeah. And a lot of kids don't, maybe don't see it that way. And the parents might not even see it that way, but I mean, like all of us kids, it's so awesome because all of us kids want to stay on the property or stay as close as possible because my brother goes out and 
buy some piece of equipment. If I live half an hour or 40 minutes away, it's going to be really tricky to use that and barter and, you know, work as a family unit. So if we can all be nice and close to each other, we can accomplish so much stuff. So we, the Lord blessed us with 15 acres right beside us. So now we're actually on 20 acres, which is incredible. Yeah. And that gave us enough property here to go ahead and build all of us kids some houses on the property. So we're going to put in a deep well, Lord willing, and hopefully hit water. Yeah. <laughs> Praying about that. Yeah. And That's just going to go ahead and build our own houses and live life like that. Because I was always thinking, I was like, man, I don't want to leave this place. We worked so hard putting on all these yeah. fruit trees and infrastructure. And we went ahead, mm. all, just us boys went out and built a 20 by uh, 40 uh, carpentry shop. And we put in our wood mill and our pole barn. I'm like, why would I ever want to leave this place and go start it all over again? Right. Maybe get in debt and all this stuff when I could just go ahead, save up some money, buy a house slowly but surely. I already have, I'm already living in my own kind of bunk house type thing with my huh. brothers. And we'll just slowly, each house, we're going to start, I'll, we're going to build my house first. And then we'll just go down the row. As soon as I get done, my house will save up again all of us brothers, and then we'll build the next one's house and the next. Sadly, mine, ha- my house will probably be the guinea pig house. So yeah. as soon as we get to the last one, perfect. <laughs> so yeah, uh, That's really cool. So, uh, so you, yep, yep. you guys probably know people still back east. Um, what, do you interact with anyone back east? And uh, is it strange? Do they make fun it, of you? Or does it, uh, you know, what's it like? They don't uh, necessarily, you know, all of our family is still back East and we stay in contact, but it's very kind of peculiar uh, because see, there was different things that I've been talking to them about eight years ago, 10 years ago, you know, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? And what do you think about Mm -hmm. that? And there's a lot of this normalcy bias and like, Oh, well, it's not really like that. And Mm. what's kind of happened is you know the whole alex jones was right kind of stuff (laughs) and uh and it's like but there's no you know it's the weird part is it's like the it's like this pollyanna syndrome Mm -hmm. where you talk to them and oh how's the weather up there it's there's no substance there's no substance to it you know it's got to be this generic superficial discussion and uh, my one half brother he said, oh, I think that's really great that you're you're teaching your kids like the menial things in life and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, wow, thanks, bro. <laughs> but uh, like way to take a shot at me. You know, but um, so, that, oh, so that's that's how um, like how else do the people, you know, back east describe what you're doing. Do they think you're crazy or like they won't say they won't say that to us. But no. yeah, I, t- I totally think they thought we were. We've lost our minds. <laughs> mm. But looking back, you just you just mm. were so grateful. Uh, the yeah. timing was perfect. Um, we have such a developed infrastructure and community now. Private labeled my food forest the food four hundred one k because as a financial planner, uh. you know I saw a lot of uh, chicanery in the financial markets. A lot of orf- artificial synthetic shenanigans, and so in two thousand eight. I got completely out of the market. And uh, when we got back on our feet and started investing again, you know, we had always done well in real estate. And I said, I know I want to buy dirt. I can't go wrong. If you can, you can never go wrong in real estate if you buy right. 
You mm-hmm. cannot go wrong. And so I'm like, I know I want to buy dirt, which I coined dirt coin. And then uh-huh. the other thing I wanted to do is dollar cost average into um, infrastructure. And that's our food 401k. So we started systematically setting aside 10% a week and investing it in fruit trees. And uh, that's how we've acquired and accumulated 400 of, you know, we have all different types, you know, apples, pears, cherries, figs, peaches. It just, but it takes time, you know, and you just, you do a little bit at a time. It's like setting a fence. You know, when you set that fence, it's labor intensive, but you only have to do it once. And then you just have to maintain it. And if you do yeah. 1% a day in a hundred days, you're a hundred percent ahead of where you were, you know, and it's, 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 it sounds so trivial and so mundane, but it's that mm-hmm. that's exactly uh, the reality. That's a good lesson. I know everyone's overwhelmed and breaking yep. stuff down into pieces and just working through the pieces really help, is helpful. So I understand what you guys are saying. So what's next from here? I mean, just continue on and, you know, you're, you feel like you picked the right life, the right lifestyle and just keep going. Or are there other, I don't know, big plans or different things that you guys want to do? We are, yeah, we're, we're very thankful for our lifestyle. The boys want to continue to grow the Longhorn herd. Mm -hmm. They want to build the infrastructure we have here and they're going to develop their homes and um, we want to we want to harden a lot of our infrastructure yeah. uh, when it comes to war and different things like that and, we, and power. Yep. And so we're going to be doing a solar project. We're going to be doing a deep well that'll probably have solar components. We're going to continue to grow our social media if it's a viable. We're on different platforms. So we're we have three channels on YouTube. We're on Rumble and Odyssey. And we also have our social media on our website, thetexasboys.com. So we're going to continue to develop as we're allowed and permitted by the technocrats to (laughs) grow our social media footprint and then also continue to grow our website, which, you know, we're doing as we synergistically grow our homestead. And this way, Lord willing, the plan is, is, you know, we can continue to provide for the entire family so we can all stay on homestead and continue to develop our infrastructure and which in turn will continue to develop our community. We've been so blessed, you know, in our ranch, we have had in the past four or five years Hmm. that we've had the ranch, we have helped, I don't even know, eight or 10 families move. They've moved and they've been able to temporarily stay at our ranch because we have power and water Hmm. over there. And it's been, we've been able to use that to bless other people that are like, yeah, you know what? And we've many people that have moved from all over the place. Mm, Everywhere. And as a matter of fact, you know, we're, there's a family there now and they're building, it's super awesome, but they're, they bought a, a really nice flatbed trailer and they're building a tiny house on the trailer and they want to like build it and then like tour the country. And um, so it's neat, you know, we were, we were blessed with that ranch and it's paid for. We're completely debt free. So we're, we're bootstrapping everything and we're, we're funding uh, everything with cash flow. Uh, my credit's repaired and restored and all that good stuff, but we're not avoiding and eschewing debt. We're not going yeah. back into debt yeah. and we're going to bootstrap everything. And you know, the best is yet to come. We're just building it bigger, better, stronger, faster, and just trying to, like Matt was saying, galvanize and reinforce all of our weak points in our infrastructure mm-hmm. 
to just for for what for who knows what you know yeah. whatever may who come. Knows. Yeah, no, that's really great. It sounds like you guys will be able to make uh, either a, a movie or you know put out a book or two about this whole <laughs> transition, which I think would be really cool. Yeah, we would like to do that. That'd be really yeah. neat. Yeah. Well, excellent. Um, so, what's the best way for people to watch your progress and uh, keep tabs and and find you? Where can they go? Sure. Okay. So uh, our website is thetexasboys.com and our videos are posted there. We have a native area that you can subscribe to, to watch all of our videos ad free. And we have all of our products available there. Should also be able to find all the links to our other social media platforms. We are the Texas Boys on YouTube which is currently we're not available on there, but we are at the Texas Boys React. But they can watch all of our videos. Yep, they can still watch our videos there. We have our backup channel, the Texas Boys React. Mom has a channel at the Texas Girls. And then we are on Rumble as the Texas Boys. We're on Odyssey as the Texas Boys. And that's where everybody can check us out, Mm -hmm. subscribe. Yeah. And they can follow us on our journey. And we do a lot of current event stuff. And we yeah. discuss current events and uh, read and discover different articles there. And then we also do our day-to-day lives and you can see our infrastructure and what we're up to providing solutions to the problems mm. that we discover and share. Excellent. Well, guys, thanks so much for you know sharing your stories and coming on the podcast. And, uh, and I wish you much luck and success and teach as many people as you can, uh, you know, this way of living. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having us. We really, uh, I really like your podcast and I think what you're doing is really awesome. And I want to, hopefully I can also, we want to share this podcast on our platforms as well. Yeah. And so that way all of our subs can learn about podcasting, check you out. And yeah, I, I was on your website and it's, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Thanks guys. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.